This is the Brisbane Football Review with your host, James Coglin. It's a miracle it's got off the ground in the first place. Scott Owen. Adam, that's Park Dupree. Put some respect on the home of Queensland football. And Adam Pace. Look, I think of what other choice you have. Starting now. And just like that, a new A-League season is underway. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Football Review coming to you on a Monday. Thanks to some uh, conflicting schedules, but either way, don't be confused. It is still James and Scott with you while Adam is back to gallivanting around the world. Scott, how are you? I'm good. I don't know why we approved this in-season holiday. It's just completely not right. And this is, well, now it's at a record. This is basically recording every single day of the week. I'm pretty sure we recorded every day of the week back in 2020 when there were games every single day of the week, That's but you may well be right. true. Yeah, I've completely forgotten about that. I've blanked 2020 from my memory. Understandably, and also I'm pretty sure that uh, was a leftover contract detail from when we brought Adam on back in 2016, and uh, we just gave it the old Apple terms and conditions when it came to re-signing him, didn't we? Yeah, I think we might have to look closely at those going forward. Yes, we will. In the meantime, we've got plenty to uh, look over over the coming... Well, probably only be about 20 minutes, half an hour, as we recap the Raw season opening draw against MacArthur FC. It was good to be back at Suncorp Stadium, first time in 939 days as the Raw returned to their spiritual home, and it would have been nice for them to come away with a win. I felt like maybe they had the better chances. Charlie Austin certainly did in his post-match interview, Scott, but uh, unfortunately they couldn't find a way through Philip Curto. That's the first time back at Suncorp in about two and a half, three years, and it was game number 200 for the Brisbane Roar at Suncorp Stadium. It didn't quite go according to plan, as you pointed out, though. It was a very even game, wasn't it, between the two sides. First half, I think both sides had a couple of really good chances. I mean, Armiento, the cross to, to Charlie Austin, the cut back to Joe Knowles, probably could have been a goal there. Nice combination play. Um, Al-Hassan Toure picked out Anthony Carter, who probably should have hit the target, whether he was onside or not, it's a different question. But they were probably the best chances of what was an even first up with a lot of opportunities. Second half, bit more, bit more lacking of opportunities. I mean, the best one was probably Austin's header at the near post. But the good thing for the Warriors, they were creating opportunities. And against a, a side like MacArthur, who were really well seasoned coming into this after a long and successful Australia Cup campaign, a draw is probably not a bad start to the year, but it would have been nice to get that goal. Yeah, if you told me at the start of the game that the Raw would be coming away with a point against a MacArthur side that I'm expecting to be really good this year. In fact, I tipped them to win the grand final and finish the season in second place and win, yeah, win the grand final. So all things considered, it's a good point at home. It does feel like it could have been more, though. Um, run through the uh, lineup for the Raw, Scott. It was kind of what we expected. It was a central uh, back three of Neville, Aldred and uh, Chapman with Armiento and Hingett patrolling the wing-back slots. Uh, we also had Truen uh, and O'Shea in midfield with Danzaki just ahead and then a front two of it would have been Charlie Austin wearing number nine, by the way, not 32, like he'd been uh, wearing all pre-season, which certainly was a bit of an adjustment. Uh, and accompanied by the aforementioned Joe Knowles. Any surprises there? Uh, not really, because if you think back to the open training session Raw had last Monday at, at Lions Stadium, there was only only one change from that was um, Josh Brindle South was on the right wing back side in the um, preferred best eleven in that training drill. So basically the same team as we expected, and it was it was what we expected, wasn't it? We all kind of thought Jack Ingot would work his way back in with experience, and he had, certainly had a really good game down that right-hand side, so it was what we expected to see, and just in terms of expectations of MacArthur, you also said 
Daniel Arzani would be the player of the year, didn't you? I think he might need to work on first and foremost keeping his feet and then playing more than an hour. So I think that, <laughs> they have a bit of work to do. But that's a credit to the Raw. They kept him and Ulysses de Villa really quiet. And that was a really positive thing for the Raw. Yeah, and, you know, I'll happily own that as well. Arzani's definitely got a lot to work on. Certainly a lot of flash, but I was hoping his end product would have developed in the last few years. We saw a few instances where he got himself into the right position, but I don't know. It just feels like maybe he's pressing it, knowing he's only got six games to impress uh, Graham Arnold before the upcoming World Cup, which might see him make a few mistakes, but maybe afterwards when there's a little bit... It was forcing it, didn't it? Yeah, right from the outset as well. That first run he made it... I can't remember who uh, put the tackle on him. It might have been Neville tracking back. Yeah, it was a fair challenge as well. No dramas, but he went over really easily and probably uh, set a bit of a tone for him early in the game. And I feel like most A-League refs aren't going to uh, feel like copying that, are they? No, they're most certainly not. It was clearly right. So I, think he got, I don't think he got booked for for the um, going down easily, but he certainly got a stern warning from referee Adam Kersey. And in terms of his World Cup hopes, I think it's quite telling that Graham Arnold went to two games this weekend and neither of them featured... Daniel Arzani, so he's keeping an eye on players he wants to to have a look at, and I'm pretty certain that's a, a sign that Mr. Arzani might be a fair way down the list. That or Graham Arnold just doesn't really want to go back to Suncorp Stadium, given uh, some of his memories at that ground. He won there a couple of weeks ago. What are you talking about? He's got happy memories of the place now. <laughs> yeah, maybe he does, but either way, um, yeah, there, there was a certain element there where he kind of felt like, ugh, if MacArthur, you do wonder how much MacArthur celebrated that Australia Cup win as well, because they were certainly well below the level that we've seen them play at during the preseason as well. But in that same regard, I felt like the Raw were the better team. I do as well. Just on MacArthur, uh, Dwight York did mention they did want to acknowledge and celebrate that Cup win, so maybe they did go a little bit overboard with that. But I'm sure they'll be fine over the course of the season. But I do think the Raw did shade the game in terms of. Possession and chances, if you look back at it, James. So, from the from a Brisbane perspective, there's a lot to like about the performance. The defensive solidity, a clean sheet. They only had five clean sheets last year. So, to get a clean sheet in round one, that's a real positive. There were good signs in the front third in terms of creativity. But, I'm just, well, are you worried that they're only a bit one-dimensional, reliant on the crosses in? It, it, well, there didn't seem to be an additional, additional threat other than the crosses coming in from Hingott and Armiento, and as, as dangerous as they were, it would have been nice to see them create a chance in a different way as well. Taking a glass half full approach, I feel like they were relying on the crosses because they were dangerous, and that was probably the main way, what, that, what they felt would have been the main way through. That being said, though, yeah, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more variety in the attack, but again, you do wonder if maybe in the build-up for this game, we might have uh, possibly seen the the idea of, look, if if it's not broke, don't fix it, if that makes sense. And while it didn't necessarily produce the results they would have been hoping for, maybe they just thought, well, if we keep going this way, eventually it's going to pay off. Absolutely. There wasn't a lot wrong with it. It did create three or four really good half opportunities in the game. And on another day, the creativity of Charlie Austin in and around the penalty area, that will pay off. And you did start to see, he was able to get on the end of a lot of these crosses and create a couple of headers on goal himself or cutbacks for other players in there, so it certainly is um, a, a very viable path. And I, I like the game of Carlo Armiento down the left-hand side. That combination between him and Charlie Austin hasn't had a lot of time to flourish yet, 
but you can really see the beginning of a combination where it falls into the box from Armiento, floated to Charlie Austin, could really work some damage for the Raw. Without a doubt, and that that duo does seem like it will um, produce. And I, I think I mentioned this to you uh, on Saturday at the game, where look, nothing against Luke Ivanovic, but it does feel like out of that, not a trade, but it was kind of a trade with uh, Perth Glory, the Raw might have gotten a bit of an upgrade there because Ivanovic was just one of a number of attacking options for them. And, you know, it was kind of like, well, if you move him on, you can bring in a player in a position where you do have a bit of a gap in the squad. And Armiento really did provide that real attacking verve in that first game. That I think the Raw really, really have been looking for. Yeah, I'm happy to call it a trade, really, because it actually did work out pretty well for both sides. I think Perth needed that extra impetus with Luke Ivanovic. And to be fair, an Austin-Ivanovic partnership would be, would probably be the stronger option in the front third, but then you don't have anyone on the left-hand side. So it was about it was about balancing the sum of the parts for the whole team. And I do think, going forward, that I think Carlo Armiento, I think if they're going to play a back three, he's the perfect player on that left-hand side because he's got a lot of energy in his game. He did get back defensively and do that job really well as well. So it's not, not just like he was a winger bombing forward the whole time. He certainly was solid defensively. And I, I do think that there's a lot of question marks over the, the wing-back roles or the full-back roles that are all... A lot of players tried out. We didn't see Carlo Armento in any of the preseason, given he arrived late. But it looks like down that left-hand side, he could be that real energetic left-sided player that the Raw have been lacking in the preseason. And if Jack King can say fit on the right-hand side, he can also bring that on the right-hand side. So that... It seems like that's the sort of type player looking for, and on first evidence, it worked quite well. Yeah, exactly, and I, th- I think he was uh, one of the standout players. You might actually find out how much of a standout player I thought he was uh, in the coming minutes, but I want to go back to the chance in the first half that was created by a Charlie Austin header back across the goal. I think it was a header, uh, where yeah. he tried to pick out Joe Knowles at the far post, and Look, it was very out of character to see a striker being so unselfish. But I kind of wonder, was that meant to be a bit of a shot that turned into a pass? Or is that something that in a few weeks, maybe with a little bit more confidence, we see Austin burying that into the side netting at the far post? I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say he was picking out his strike partner. And hopefully we can see that combination really pick up as well. Because we have seen a little bit of Austin and Knowles. Think back to the um, Premier League preseason games they played up front in those games, so maybe there is a partnership and understanding building there between the two, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there, James, that he was trying to pick out his strike partner. Well, yeah, he's not afraid to uh, put on the assist for a teammate either. In just about every preseason game, he's trying to lay it off and bring his teammates into play as well, rather than just giving it the old uh, Nelson Muntz, ah, hell, I'll do it myself, uh, sort of approach, which is really good. And I also think back to the Rochdale friendly in preseason, where, you know, he's... He's friendly. They're up 4-0 after 20 minutes or whatever, and he's still on the field just going after the teammate, saying, no, 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 this is what we're, we should be doing in this situation, and almost acting as that sort of like quarterback on the field, pulling the strings, uh, making sure that everybody knows exactly what their job is. And again, it's just another thing to like about the Raw signing Charlie Austin. And I, I, after Nani... I kind of feel like he's probably the second most important uh, marquee addition uh, for the league this year because of his, you know, massive personality and overall approach to the game. Well, Nani had a good game as well at the weekend, but with Charlie Austin, I do. He's every time you see him play for the Raw, there's a lot of things that you like about it. Also, you mentioned the press conference, other post-game um, 
interview he gave after the game. I really like that as well. He said, we're not worried about what anyone says about us. We're just doing our own thing. We dominate the game. And that sort of confidence that he's bringing, and then you can see he's trying to really instill that in his teammates. It's the mentality he's brought to the group, James, I think is is a real bonus that the Raw have got this year. Yeah, and I don't think it's unfair to say that they needed that sort of boost after what was a pretty miserable season last year with postponements and all sorts of other stuff that weren't just exclusive to the Raw, but it would have worn down a lot of the players in that squad. You kind of saw it at the end of the season when they had those final few games where it was like, okay, we've tried, it just hasn't worked this season, we just want to finish the job here and um, get on to the next campaign. And having that sort of fresh voice amongst the playing group as well to say, no, 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 I think we're a good team, we need to play like it, I think that's going to be a huge uh, bonus for them as well. That's sort of mentality. Well, it's a winner's mentality, isn't it? He certainly brought that to the side. And it is a good side. There's a lot of really good players. And if they can stay fit, they can be a real dangerous side. And they proved it at the weekend. Because, again, MacArthur are a team we all kind of think are going to be there or thereabouts. You saw our predictions last week on the show. We shared them on our social media platform. So people know where we think teams are going to finish. And we all have MacArthur quite high up the table. So a performance like that against MacArthur where you keep them pretty much really anonymous. I don't think they had a lot of really clear-cut chances. Only that one for Carter, which probably he should have scored. Other than that, I thought they were really, really flat. So for the Raw to control the game like that was really, really encouraging, particularly given the way some of the other games panned out over the weekend. I think the Raw's performance was probably one of the better ones. Yeah, for sure. And look, if it turns out at the end of the season these are two finals-bound teams, then that's even better us, not that any of us picked the Raw to make the finals, as was uh, happily pointed out by many, 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 many people in the uh, comments. I did like the one that suggested that we should make our preseason predictions after three weeks. Not really preseason, but anyway. I can make uh, some changes in a couple of weeks if you want. <laughs> I'm going to wait till after the World Cup to make my preseason predictions because that's uh, the perfect time to reevaluate all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think overall it was a good point. But also you feel, felt like it could have probably been three because maybe MacArthur weren't playing uh, at full strength. Absolutely. And one other thing we haven't spoken about is Jordan Holmes in goal made a couple of really, really crucial saves to keep, keep the clean sheet. And that's, it's, it's not fashionable to talk about goalkeepers, James, because they often quite they often spoil the fun and deny the goals. But Jordan Holmes did a really, really good job at a point when the Raw needed those saves to be made. He stepped up big in goal. And it's his first hit out competitively of the season. So to... To come in cold and perform like that was really, really encouraging. Yeah, for sure. And uh, hopefully that is something we'll be seeing a little bit more of this season. Because, look, I maybe this is a little bit of an old-fashioned attitude, but if a goalkeeper is pulling off save after save after save, that is just as entertaining as seeing a 4-3, you 4-4, know, 5-4 game if the keepers are just doing everything in their power to keep it scoreless. Especially when it's your goalkeeper making the saves as well. So the Raw have had really good goalkeepers over the years. Think back to Theo and Young and Jordan Even Holmes. Before like then. Absolutely. And Jordan Holmes looks like he's going to be the next one in the line. It's been a real impact since they entered the team, entered the lineup at the beginning of this calendar year. And he's really better down that spot now. It's very clearly his, as we said last week, and he did really well in goal this weekend. For sure. All right. We're going to hear the press conference after the match from Brisbane Raw head coach Warren Moon. Uh, yeah, well, I think um, I've just got to look at this as a, a positive start to the season, I guess. Uh, strong uh, defensive performance, strong on the ball, 
uh, created plenty of chances again. Um, but yeah, just just not quite there tonight in the final uh, final pass, final touch, final shot. It was uh, it was close, but um, but in the end, I think we've got to take the point and, and just use it as a building block now for the next game and moving forwards. Absolutely, first start today for Carlo Armis. How do you think he went out there on the left hand side? Looked quite lightweight. Well, I think it was there for all to see. You know, he, he's that attacking left sided player that we've been looking for, uh, and he showed his quality going forward today. I thought he was a real threat. Um, created plenty of chances for our players and. Um, yeah, so look, he'll only get better. He was only um, probably going to last around that 60, 60 or so minutes, uh, given um, his comeback in late into preseason when he was at Perth before he joined us. So, uh, really pleased with what he contributed tonight. Are you expecting to see that link up more between him and Charlie Austin over the course of the season? <clears throat> well, I think Carlo, Car uh, Carlo has great delivery and Charlie needs service. And I think that's the key for us. Dude. So, if we're going to bring someone like Charlie out here, we need to play to his strengths as well. And uh, the plan was always to bring in someone like Carlo. Um, obviously, we would have liked him a, a bit sooner than we got him, but, but these things don't always work that way. But, but since he's come in, we can see now we've got uh, a threat from both sides and we've got a, a plenty of uh, attacking options now down the left and down the right. Warren, Charlie scored ahead. He has a great save by Yeah, he contributed to his all-round game. He worked hard defensively. Uh, I thought defensively we were really good tonight, bar probably two moments which were probably caused by ourselves. I think a back pass gone short that they should have scored from. But up until that point, I don't think they created a clear-cut chance on goal. And and then I think we, we lost the ball in the back third and they had a really, I think it was a, a cross across the face of goal, which was over the bar, but I think it might have been offside. But, um, but other than that, they didn't really open us up or create a chance. And I thought defensively we were strong and, and Charlie led the way from the front. But... Uh, but as I just said before, if we give uh, Charlie chances, you know he's going to score goals. I said before the game that you want a more defensive steal, but I guess a clean sheet. What, what do you make of that? What, what do you think of what you're after? Yeah, I think it gives us a good platform moving forward. You know, we we didn't win tonight, but we certainly didn't lose. And like I said, the defensive performance was strong, uh, and it gives us something to build on into the season now. So I felt. Uh, Everyone knew their roles defensively today, and we nullified the threat of uh, Macarthur, which was, I, th I think I spoke about it pre-game to you, it was uh, Davila, uh, Arzani and uh, Tura, and I think uh, they're all relatively quiet, and uh, and that's credit to our defensive structure. And given Macarthur just came off their Australian Cup win, what sort of belief can your players take individually from stifling their attacking prowess, like you just said? Yeah, we'll take great belief from that. They're a good side. They're, they're you know, they're, they're one of the the most well-resourced side in the competition with some great attacking talent. You can see that. And, you know, so we had to be on our game and have a game plan that was going to try and nullify what their, their strengths were. And I think on the whole, we did that tonight. So I was really pleased. And just a word on being back at Suncorp with the fans after this hiatus. Yeah, brilliant. Great to be back. Uh, it just felt, um, you know, a different feel to it, a nice atmosphere. Uh, would have loved a grandstand finish like uh, days from the past, but not to be today. Um, like I said, I thought the performance was good. That was my only disappointment. Probably the last 15 minutes when the game was there for the taking uh, uh, with the changes or whether it may be some fatigue, but we just didn't uh, really press home any advantage or try and uh, apply some pressure on them in that last 15 minutes. Warren, you got half an hour to build 20 12. How do you think he went out there? Are you happy with what he's building up ahead of the season ahead? Yeah, I thought he was good. You know, he, he, he needed that. Uh, unfortunately, again, with the timing to bring these players in. We know they're good players and we, we know what they can do for us this season, but 
um, they're going to need to get their match minutes in the A-League now. And so he got 30 minutes, but he did very well on Craig Noon. He, he nullified his threat as well. He's a good player when he came on. So, um, yeah, really pleased with him. And that was Warren Moon speaking after the game as well. And how was his mood to you, Scott? He seemed, he seemed pretty happy with the way things went all told. He was maybe a little bit faster. They weren't able to get the goal, but defensively for him, as you think back to the end of last week in his pre-game press conference, was really stressing the, the desire for clean sheets and to cut out a lot of the um, scrappy goals they conceded at times last year. So for him, that was probably a big boost. And now it's just a matter of trying to get the goals at the other end. For sure. Now, the other thing we should uh, point out as well, they're all back at Suncorp for one of three games this season. And I've, I've got to be honest, 8,500 in the crowd, kind of disappointing, but it probably does come with a little bit of an asterisk about it as well, where I know plenty of clubs had their presentation uh, dinners on that evening as well. I went and emceed the Rochdale uh, presentation at South Bank, which was an excellent night all around, but... Them, Lions, uh, saw Morton Bay as well have their presentation, which may... A junior presentations yeah. during the day as well, which also kept juniors away from going. There were also some NPL semi-finals and stuff, juniors games still being played as well. So there were things on that would keep the football community away, but I do agree with you. 8,500 is unders on what certainly the expectations are. I mean, I'm sure the Raw would have been banking on a five-figure crowd in this one, back at Suncorp for the first time in three years. Good kickoff time. There wasn't really any reason not to go. I know the weather was something people were worried about, but it turned out to be a perfect afternoon or an evening for football. So there was no reason not to go. And I do think even with those things happening, it was certainly unders. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and the one excuse I cannot cop out of all of this is the idea that you had no idea that the season was starting or the game was on. Because that is complete and utter crap, if you ask me. Because... Yes, we know the A-League marketing strategy has sort of shifted from t- traditional mediums like newspaper and TV, but the reason they've shifted away from that is because they're not getting the eyeballs that they used to. But what we're seeing now is a lot more social media uh, advertising, banner ads online on websites, and I'm more than willing to go into depth on this if need be, but just because you don't like or follow the Raw or A-League pages on Facebook or Twitter or whatever doesn't mean you're not getting targeted advertising for it. In fact, the targeted advertising for a lot of these campaigns will be done based on your interests. And if you've interacted with, say, a Premier League page or a football page in the past, be it you know Sky Sports Football or Fox Sports Football or BBC or anything relevant to that, you will get targeted with relevant ads because you can be searched out that way. Absolutely, and I can give absolutely confirm that because the amount of times I get targeted advertising from the AFL, for example... I mean, I think everyone knows I have precisely zero interest in that that sport, but I get target advertising from that all the time. Same with Broncos. Every time they have a home game, I quite often will get targeted advertising from that. So, And I don't follow them on any social media either. So I de- it, they definitely can target you. And while you may not be seeing it, they're probably not targeting you if you already know about it. So they're looking for new people, and it does work. Look, this doesn't happen for no reason, right? There's a very good reason why businesses go down this path so it does work and if you want to lay it out for people James you can but I think it's a it's a viable strategy it just didn't quite work out on this occasion yeah I really don't have the energy to go into it today but long story short like if you're interested in going probably might have wanted to look it up uh or maybe you know 
before typing out a complaint in a Facebook group or commenting on a Twitter post or something that you had no idea it was starting, which, by the way, if you're spending enough time on Twitter to comment on official team accounts, you've probably actually seen when the games are starting. So don't give me the crap that you don't know when the games are on, because to me that is complete and utter BS. And it's convenience excuse, isn't it, really? Yeah, exactly. And look, if you had something else on on Saturday, like a club presentation thing, you know, more than understandable, you're not really the, or if you just don't go to every game, but if you're the person that's been clamoring for the Raw to go to Suncorp, go back to Suncorp for the last two years or whatever, don't tell me that you didn't know it was, it wasn't on. Because that has been marketed to death basically since it was announced. And it really does undercut the efforts of what the Raw have been doing, trying to get people to go to these games. And if you're listening now and don't know when the next game is, Friday, 6.45pm Brisbane time, not 7.45 because we don't do daylight saving here for some reason. Friday, 6.45 at Suncorp Stadium. If it's too early, finish work 15 minutes early. Just get out there and stop making these stupid excuses because I'm really over football fans thinking that games need to be played at their convenience in their backyard and not too loudly. Thanks for reminding me. I was too wondering what time kickoff was on. I'm afraid not to have helped me out with that. So thank you very much for that. So I'll t- well, I okay. do agree I, with you, by the way, on the most. Of I that. know. I've just got to go off on this as well. Kickoff times are standardised across the league this year as well, and I like it's not that hard to look at the draw and work out. Okay, there's a Friday game, seven forty-five Sydney Melbourne time. That means it'll be six forty-five Brisbane time, and then once we hit April when daylight savings ends, that'll go back to seven forty-five. It really is not that hard to work out if you've just got a modicum of common sense, which clearly most people on social media do not. I could just check the club's uh, league's social media where you'll find out all the fixtures when they're on. In terms of very quickly, James, in terms of the other games of the weekend, did you see well, before we do that, interest? Well, before we do that, we've got to do the 3 2 oh, yeah, for the Brisbane Football Review Player of the Year awards. That's why I'm the weekday host, okay? I'm learning. Yes, exactly. Slowly, for, but I'm learning. For, for when you stage your inevitable coup on me in season eight. Eight might be a bit soon. <laughs> I might let you get to nine. So, some, may, some may say eight is a little bit too late after that little rant there. <laughs> we'll allow but, it. Normally it's Adam who brings the rant, so thanks for bringing them. See, I'm, I'm, a, little, I'm a little hurt that Adam's been uh, assigned all the rants because I've had some damn good ones over the years. You can stage a coup and take them off him anytime you like. No, I'll just share the load. It's much more fun when it comes from different voices. Anyway, 3-2-1, Brisbane Football Review Player of the Year. Something we've done the last two seasons for the A-League men and A-League women, uh, where all three of us, Adam included, um, if he's not too busy gallivanting overseas, is uh, we'll each give 3-2-1 or player of the match uh, for every single Raw game, one of, who, one of which will uh, announce our votes on the show so you can sort of keep an unofficial tally of how we're going. And, um, yeah, at the end of the season, the winner gets a lovely little trophy. The two men's winners over the last two seasons have been Riku Danzaki and Jay O'Shea. Yes. And the women's winner... I'm Last year more... was Katrina Gorey, and I think the first one was Emily, Emily Gielnick. Gielnick. There we go. Okay, thank you. I think between us, we're on top of this. Uh, we've got those two, uh, those four people who have won, and... I'll uh, lead off with the votes for the MacArthur game. I gave three votes to Carlo Armiento. That was a really impressive debut. Only an hour, but that was his uh, level of impact. Two votes I gave to Tom Aldred at the back. 
And one vote goes to Charlie Austin. And an honourable mention goes to Jordan Holmes as well, because those were a pretty clear top four for me overall. Uh, Scott and Adam will be casting their votes silently for this week as well. And Scott will have his votes uh, coming up on the next show for the Melbourne City game. I'm a little bit worried about Adam's votes for this weekend. He was um, voting for his um, favourite flight attendants, I think, wasn't he? (laughs) He was giving him the best service on his flight overseas. So he might have to discredit those votes for this week. And also, and also, I'm pretty sure it was uh, favourite airport lounges as well. Yeah, exactly. So we've got to discredit all of that. So Adam's votes are inv- no, they're not invalid. He has voted, but yeah, and and also a bonus votes to uh, Bianca Austin as well for keeping us entertained on Twitter during the game. Now, <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, moving on, uh, what stood out from the weekend and. Uh, bit of a shame that the F3 derby was rained out, but thankfully the Big Blue went ahead and look for all for all the grief that the A-League has gotten over the last few years, that was a spectacular showing between Melbourne Victory and Sydney FC. I didn't get to watch it live because, as previously mentioned, I was at the Rochelle presentation dinner, but boy am I glad I went back and caught up on that because what a showcase. Absolutely. Just unbelievable. Absolutely, and it's another example where the league just can't quite catch a break, can it? Because that would have been a massive crowd there at um, Allianz Stadium on Saturday night, and it was a really good game, as you mentioned. It was certainly the game of the weekend, and the good thing is the big names delivered. I mean, Nani proved on day one he's here and he's here to play well, so that's the encouraging thing there. It's always good to see Sydney lose, but that was really the best game of the weekend, and I was disappointed that the um, F3 derby did get completely rained out, and it was a bit of a irony in that given that the whole whole spiel for the season was going to be no 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 games won't get postponed there'll be no postponements this year and the, the second game of the season happens to be postponed due to a more traditional football reason which was the weather and I think they could have played maybe water polo but yeah I think I think we should have just uh, cut cut uh, cut our losses and just had a swimming race for the three points just get oh. the starting starting 11 is doing a, a 200 meter relay I reckon that would work. Matt Simon can come out of retirement and participate in that. Why not? Yeah, that's pretty much all I could have uh, done there as well. And as I said, no no postponements for the A-League, but I really don't blame them for that one either because there is no way that pitch was ever going to be playable on Saturday night. Absolutely. Look, the, the football, I didn't. I saw the... <coughs> I only saw two, two, three games this weekend. I saw the Friday night game and a bit of the Saturday night game when I got home, but... The quality of the game is really good, isn't it? The on-field, it's it's looking as good as it, it has. It's just they've got to get the crowds back up. And there were some decent ones this year, and it'll build over the season, but it's a reasonable start to the year. Yeah. Well, on the crowds, I feel like that is a season-long project. Yeah. Like, don't expect the crowds to be good by the time they break for the World Cup. Hope that they're going to be uh, sort of picking up to the adequate levels around about March or April, sort of when we hit the Easter school holidays, because that's the sort of time that these clubs are going to need to showcase that this is a product worth going to and watching in person. But what I do want to mention as well, just back to that big blue as well, the growth of Nick D'Agostino as a striker, we saw him in Brisbane, he showed flashes. I know you were really disappointed when it didn't quite work out here, Scott, but seeing him flourish now for the victory, it's pretty easy to see why he's uh, in Socceroos contention, isn't it? A goal and, an, and a secondary assist in that game, and a lot of talk about A League bolters for for the World Cup. We know that Grandma does like Nick Dagerson. Took him to the Olympics last year. Has had him in and around the national team before. I'm not saying he's going to get picked, but he certainly put his case forward, didn't he? In terms of 
his impact on that game and the national team coach was there watching so maybe he did put his case forward but it was, I do like Nick Daggett there's no doubt about that as a player I think he's one of the best young players that have come through the Raw in the last four or five years it's a shame he's no longer here but it's great to see him kicking on doing some good things down in Melbourne for sure alright now uh Normally, I think we would be about 20 minutes further into the show, but uh, since Adam's not here to take up said 20 minutes, uh, we're going to move on and ask, what are you looking forward to this weekend, Scott? Brisbane, Melbourne City at Suncorp Friday night, 6.45 Queensland time once again, so there's another reminder. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that match. I thought City were good on Friday night in their game against Western United. It'll be a really good test this little one in terms of defensively they were really good against MacArthur, but they're going to have to go to a whole other level again to keep that front third quiet. So that's a, a really tricky thing. We know Jamie McLaren's goal-scoring record at Suncorp speaks for itself. So I'm sure he'll be looking forward to getting back to, to Suncorp once again in a club game. So it'll be a tough match for the Sororosi in terms of the, the ability of trying to keep that defence quiet. I can't see this being a, a scoreless draw on Friday night. The way the Raw played on Saturday, I think they'll have a goal in them, but I also think City can have goals in them as well. So... Should be a bit of a goal-scoring encounter on Friday night. Well, it's funny you mentioned the test for the Raw's defence. I think it's going to all come down to the Raw's attack. They're going to need to score at least once, probably twice, to have a chance of getting anything out of this game because Melbourne City's front line is that potent. So for me, it's all going to come down to uh, how they can function as a attacking trio, I think it is at the moment. I thought Riku was uh, quite busy on uh, Saturday afternoon as well, and I'm hoping... Uh, we'll see a little bit more from him on Friday as well. And City are a really stable side, aren't they? They haven't really made a lot of changes over the offseason, but the players they've brought in did quite well. Thomas Lamb at the back was solid for them. And obviously, Borussia in midfield, not quite as angry as his um, namesakes who've played for the Roar. And I don't know. Did you, hear his, did you hear his interview afterwards? I was fiery, but it's still not quite in the same best art category. But <laughs> and he's coming in and out as well into their midfield as well. So they only made a couple of changes, but they brought players in who have help them out. So I think they're going to be really strong once again this year and it's a it's a good first, oh not first up test, but a very good early season test for the Raw to see just how good they can be. For sure. And the other thing uh, that I quite enjoyed from Saturday that I'm looking forward to hearing on Friday as well, my happiness is back as the Raw's walkout song. So that is another big win for the season. And um, Maybe we should well, bring it back to the start of our show as well. We'll see what we can uh, get the lawyers to agree to. All I right. thought it'd be up to the producer, wouldn't it? You'd which, think so, which, wouldn't Which you? Um, song the producer wants to put on, on the um, start of the show? No pressure, James. Yeah, about that. Um, anyway, well, I think that's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. A nice, brief episode for you. Thank you very much, Scott. Good talk to you once again, James. Talk and, to you next uh, week. And uh, no thanks to Adam, because he's buggered off overseas. Enjoy your trip. And uh, we'll be back to recap it all next week. In the meantime, get out to Suncorp Stadium on Friday. Looking forward to seeing a whole lot of you out there. Hopefully five figures uh, worth of attendance. And uh, enjoy the rest of the football this coming weekend. We'll talk to you next week on the Brisbane Football Review.